those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Welcome, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show. We talk movies because we love it. And here we are in the rainy Vancouver, joined by extremely sparkling and charismatic. Everybody, raise your hands for the co-founder of Hammer and Tongue and the East Van Showcase, James Kingston. How are you doing, James? Uh, not bad at all. All right. Not bad intro. at all. Here we go. Here we are, enjoying life and um, about to celebrate the community of filmmakers here in Vancouver, broadcasting from Ancita Maskin Land on CITR 101.9 FM. And James... James, let me ask you right away, who are you? Um, I think you said it best, right? <laughs> Co-founder <laughs> of uh, Hammer and Tong and the East Van Showcase. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'd love to talk about East Van Showcase, Hammer and Tong, and you know, myriad other things. That's awesome. You know, we say Hammer, uh, Hammer and Tong and East Van Showcase, but there is a lot of work that goes in there, and you're actually leading a, a big chunk of the community here in Vancouver, you know, by screening the works and uh, working so deeply into VR. You're really doing a lot for the community, and I really want to celebrate that. Why don't you talk us a little bit about the process of coming to Vancouver and integrating yourself into the community? Well, yeah, I mean, um, Vancouver has a very vibrant com community, and uh, East Van in particular, we obviously focused in on. Um, we noticed at the time, and East Van Showcase started a number of years ago now, that there wasn't a lot of local content being screened uh, in local festivals. Um, and so we wanted to up that. We wanted to be able to provide uh, an avenue for, for a lot of uh, local artists to be able to show their stuff and kind of be a little celebrity for, for a day, you know, because, I mean, we're of, the, we're of the belief that in this kind of social media, you know, um, global village culture, that it's important to also remember the actual village you're in and the artists who are working up there. So. Mm -hmm, very well said right there. And I know that with Hammer and Tong, you're highly involved into VR. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get to talk a lot about that because that, there, there is a lot of stuff happening around yeah, there. And, uh, you know, it's actually something that, uh, let me ask you right off the bat, right off the bat, no way, you know, what it. makes VR so interesting to you? Ah, okay. So we have an hour for the answer? <laughs> uh, VR, um, to me, uh, is inevitably the future. So we're, every day we're moving closer to VR being absolutely ubiquitous. And um, we're, we're, we have a choice right now to be able to get in position so we can help determine how it's going to manifest. Um, as we've seen with some other technology, sometimes it goes in a bad direction. It gets in the wrong hands. And uh, our hope is that Hammer and Tong and many other um, groups can hopefully move and steer VR in a good direction. So as it becomes bigger, as it becomes you know, more ubiquitous, uh, it can do so in a nourishing, healthy way for society. 
Mm-hmm, very powerful. I still remember, and this is a shout-out back to the Vancouver Web Fest when, uh, when Hammer and Tony did a really good job and brought so much uh, VR content to the event and uh, really lit everything up, you know, because in between the screenings, people could go and really get to experience VR. And uh, that was extremely powerful. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm wondering if there is any other sort of similar event coming up close where, where VR and... Well, I mean, there's, there's a number. There's the... Uh VR AR Summit on the uh, 22nd and 23rd of this month. Um, so 22nd September. and 23rd of September. Yeah, it's, that's at the uh, at the park, mm-hmm. um, casino, and hotel. Right on. What happens there? What happens there? Oh, right on. I'm curious. Stuff. I mean, it's it's VR and AR showing its stuff, and um, yeah, there's. I mean, basically, the best way to look at VR right now is. We're in a time when we need to just get out there and people who are in VR need to meet other people in VR and everyone kind of needs to get together because it's still not formed as a thing. It's very much in its infancy. And so events like this are paramount. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're very happy to be a part of it. And... um, yeah, it's it's gonna be quite the time. Check nice. it out online. All right, there you go. The the what uh, the, VR, the VR AR Summit. Summit. There you go. Yeah. VR AR Summit, twenty second and twenty third of September. Yeah. Check that out, guys. I want to ask you, Hammer and Tong, man. Look at that name, man. Look at that. What is the story behind this? You huh. know, what what is it? What is it? Well, um, we wanted a name that was personal to us, and so Sean and I, who, who formed Hammer and Tong. And the Eastman Showcase. Um, we um, we kind of were walking down the street one day, you know, just walking down the street as you do, and uh, <laughs> kind of running through some names that were tied into some words that were important to us. And, you know, that word came up, that that name came up, and we were both like, oh, wow, that's it. What is the what is the main concept behind it? Why why the necessity to come up with something like this? With a name or the entity? No no the the entity yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name also I would like to hear but <laughs> talk about the name for a while. <laughs> um, okay um, I guess I guess the best way to look at the entity um, would be to, to see it as a tool um, you know a hammer and a tong perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pair of tongs, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tool to to be able to um, evoke change, um, and also for Sean and I, a personal tool to be able to help facilitate, you know, some version of the lives we want to live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. there is definitely a lot of a uh, lot of uh, movement, a lot of flow when it comes to VR here in Vancouver. So you're definitely yeah. in the right place. Well, it's I mean we like to think we've been part of that and just yeah. and bringing it up and. Uh, Vancouver has a great opportunity right now to be a VR leader going forward because mm-hmm. as far as North America goes, we're one of the leaders absolutely right now. We are indisputably top five, mm. you know, right there with Seattle, San Fran and everything. So Wow. Or if not right there, then only a little bit behind. Well, that sounds uh, pretty exciting. Uh, what about the journey to getting here? Well, I think, I think the journey is just beginning as far mm-hmm. as uh, Hammer and Tong and VR in general goes. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's it's been a fun time. Obviously, we uh, we started with more traditional traditional film it wasn't it wasn't virtual reality at first but um it's not virtual reality is something that sean and i have been fascinated about um sean again the co-founder sean ronan is uh a lifelong friend of mine basically um since we were little kids and uh five and six actually Hmm. and uh it wasn't long after that that we had our first experience with virtual reality and it was terribly, terribly, terribly disappointing. <laughs> uh, it was the uh, the N- Nintendo's try at VR, 
Um, and um, let's just say it was uh, rather disappointing. We went into a blockbuster, tried it out. It was Mario Tennis. It was just all red. And we were both very disappointed. And we vowed that day that we would make much better VR. No, we didn't. <laughs> but that's what ended up happening, hopefully. So, yeah. Interesting right there. So what are you working on right now? Well, um, we are in post-production on an incredibly uh, interesting piece, uh, Gerard Auger's Witegu, uh, The One Who Eats Human Flesh. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been... That was an incredible journey. Is that, that's a VR piece right there. That is wow. a VR... Uh, indigenous gothic horror piece, Gerald wow. uh executive producing, and uh, in conjunction with Hammer and Tong, putting that together. And we will have some exciting news developments regarding that we'll be announcing soon. But in the meantime, I can tell you a little bit about the shoot because the shoot. Yeah, was please, please. Pretty. <laughs> that sounds like a. It's a very special, uh, interesting combination well, of. Uh, woo. It's. I mean, first of all, just shooting VR. Um, I mean, it's. If you thought hide-and-seek was something you just did as a kid, hide-and-seek <laughs> is back. Okay. <laughs> it's, shooting, it's an aspect now of shooting like virtual a, reality. That's it's a good back, way to yeah. say it. It is, because you'll be rolling and everyone goes behind a tree, you know, because we, mm. we were out in the woods. And um, well, no, I'll, t- I'll tell, the, I'll tell the, the best story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so there we are, second day of shooting. Everything's going really smoothly. You know, it's just oh, everything's falling into place. Performances are fantastic. Everything's clicking. Mm-hmm. Some sound issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we're in the forest, deep in the forest, and um, we're going from location to location in the forest. And the next up location is the lair of the beast of the Wheaton. Mm-hmm. And we've dressed the lair up. Blood everywhere. Bones mm-hmm. everywhere. And I just can't wait. Our Wheaton is ready to go. Our actors are ready to go. Uh-huh. And um, I'm leading the way. It's myself and two other and two one of the actors and and the uh, makeup artist, and we're kind of leading the way in. And I step into the lair, and I hear a noise, and I look up and I'm eye to eye with a big mama black bear. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No way. That's crazy. Yeah. Inside the. Well, it's, remember, it's in the forest, but he, oh. the black bear, she had taken up residence wow. in this kind of crafted, like, um, that's insane. that we've created. What happened? What happened there? What, oh, <laughs> damn, that's a hell of a story, man. Right. So, um, so obviously, I'm shocked. Um, and, uh, <laughs> oh, man, of course, man. How could you not be, man? About maybe 12 feet away, 15 feet away. Wow. So, yeah, it's huge. Um, and uh, Holy cheese, man. Yeah. I don't know what to say, man. So, what had happened? was it was the fake blood. Mm. It was all the sugar and the fake blood had wow. attracted the bear. And, um, yeah, so uh, I I just say, it's a bear, it's a bear, and I just turn around. I'm like, come on, guys, let's go. I grab them. We, we head back down. I, everyone who's coming up, including one of our actors, was eight months pregnant, and I'm just like, get down. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we, we locked it down. We obviously did, we scrapped that location, and we made sure it was completely safe before we... We even exited and changed location and just uh, had an additional shooting day and made it as safe and everything as possible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, God, it was a, uh, a terrifying moment. Man, that's a hell of a story right there, man. <laughs> that's like when everything clicks, there's a little surprise. You the know? part that was, that was um, craziest for me was that I wasn't even in, like, obviously, we had ADs and everything who were all watching for that kind of stuff. They were on bear duty and all that, right? But, but I wasn't even thinking about that kind of thing. I was just totally locked into the film. 
So it was almost like seeing something from another reality, which I mm-hmm. guess is fitting. But, uh, wow, yeah. how would you describe that moment when you looked at the bear? It was great. It was Honestly, it was scary. Like, But I then I quickly snapped into, like, okay, like... I'm the director. I need to like get everybody safe. I need to get them down there. And like being able, to, I've always found that in in moments of duress, being able to help other people can kind of help you get through it. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful words right there. Wow, that is a that is an incredible adventure right there. I uh, <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, I know I didn't tell you beforehand. Yeah. I guess I guess you didn't uh, you didn't either. Well, you so got a little taste of the surprise uh, I had. Yeah. That's awesome right there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that being said, man, um, you know that leads into a. a a lot of different questions, especially when it comes to shooting with VR, because I know that it's very different to shoot VR rather than narrative, you know, with uh, cameras, uh, traditional cameras. What do you think is the biggest difference and the biggest misconception of shooting with VR? I mean, there's so much. Um, I think even pe- even myself, I'm still, there's still things I'll lapse into because it's completely different. And again, it's it's similar to the early days of film, you know, and... I kind of when people are in VR and they get dizzy, I kind of reminds me of hearing about when people went to the first uh, cinemas mm. and they dived out of the way of trains, mm. you know, because they thought they were coming out, they couldn't help it, right? Interesting, it yeah. It looked too real, and um, that's where we're at right now. Um, and so it is completely different as far as shooting goes. Um, yeah, hide and seeks all of a sudden part of it with the live action <laughs> VR shoots. Um, and in addition, just completely different things you have to, like our brains are trained one way. We've grown up watching film and television. So we're like, oh, we'll just do a close up there. Oh, wait, of course, we can't do a close up. Mm. And you just have to, you have to always, somewhere in the back of your mind, you're getting something wrong at all times because we haven't properly acclimatized ourselves to this mm, style. Yet. Interesting. Yeah. There's definitely a lot that goes in there and just like uh, any other tactics time and that's what you guys have put in there the time when was the first time that you said we're gonna do vr well um again we sean and i did talk about vr a lot as children so it kind of naturally progressed into that um that being said um you know when you talk about something as a kid it's a little different than becoming Mm -hmm. reality Uh, especially when it didn't exist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) sorry mm -hmm. nintendo Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but um but yeah i guess more recently i mean just the last couple of years, really. And beyond it being virtual reality, which I think is an incredible tool, um, beyond the fact it just being VR, which is exciting in itself, beyond that, it's uh, fantastic to be on the frontier of something, you know, mm-hmm. to, be, to be early in and be helping navigate these new waters. Uh, to me, that's pretty, pretty damn thrilling. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Always, always uh, beyond the comfort zone, you know, always looking yeah. for that, uh, that spice beyond the... Where, where the unknown is and that is just I feel like I think human beings have always have always strived to go into go into places that are a little more murky a little mm-hmm, more mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the curiosity huh? the exploration yeah exactly where do you feel is the next step the one after VR wow yeah that's interesting huh? yeah let's talk about that so um, I would say that what you're seeing right now is VR divided into all different pockets. And eventually, it's all going to synthesize all into one. What do you mean with that? So you see VR games. You see cinematic VR. You see, um, you know, VR you know, trained to be a surgeon. You know, you see meditation VR, etc., etc., right? And eventually, this will all be one hmm. in our lifetime. Okay. And just be complete immersion. 
Okay, complete immersion. Do you think that will be enough to trick our brain? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know what to say there because our brain took so many, you know, there are thousands and thousands of years of evolution, right, behind our brain. It's, it's very hard to imagine that that VR could really get and tap into into all those sensory, you know, layers. Oh, you give it 50, 60 years. Mm. I mean, there are extraordinary things that go on. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily, I think it's important we carefully chart this path, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, eventually you're going to have situations where we're going to have brain implants, augmentation, all these oh. things. And, they're gonna, and so we're going to be able to design how we think and how we experience the world. Wow, that's uh, looking really far. I like that. Wow, man, that's uh, that's uh, mm, that's pretty crazy, right there. Brain implants well, and yeah, know. but like, what are our new conquests, right? I mean, we've we've solved our immediate problems. So the new conquests of human beings are immortality, um, you know, and basically, I think human beings, for better or worse, are going to strive to make themselves lesser gods like, anyway this is a, <laughs> I like I mean, it it's good it's good I like it we get maybe entering the realm of science fiction that's to some degree but good. I mean science fiction is slowly coming true right mm -hmm. so, yeah. okay okay interesting okay I didn't know we were gonna get to that to this layer <laughs> this color this texture James full of surprises right there I like it I like it but um, something um, I want to go back to is actually the East Van Showcase okay because uh, I know that you guys have an event coming up in October October 21st and yeah. lots of people are very excited about that uh what is what is what is the Eastman showcase, especially the one in October, all about? Well, the October one is a real treat because it's, <laughs> it's where it's where the Eastman showcase does Halloween, and it's something that's very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we believe Halloween is a very very important holiday, very very important time. You know, if I could have my way, Halloween would be starting like now, basically, <laughs> like a two month odyssey. How come? Um, Why this connection with Halloween? Oh well, I mean. I think it, first of all, it's, it's, it's really nice to be able to comfortably shed your skin and be someone else every once mm. in a while. I think it's healthy. Uh, in addition, uh, being able to um, show horror films, which, God, the horror films coming out now, like indie horror is fantastic. Mm. And we have some fantastic local horror directors, artists, all kinds of teams of people that are just just chomping at the bit to get their stuff and it's just a pleasure to show it and show it in an atmosphere because again it's Halloween everyone gets to dress up mm -hmm. you get to just you get to do more and everything's sort of on the table and it's the, the feeling's incredible have you been to a haunted saloon yet? no I haven't oh, you gotta, oh man I got my eyes open yeah. I'm really looking forward to it everything, everything he told me is pretty crazy but what's happening what's the, what's the context well, I can't what's give everything away but no, there'll be no. a few small surprises just a little, just a little <laughs> whoop, whoop, you know what I mean but the idea is that we want to create a space where you can come and just enjoy it and be a, be a spectator, which is absolutely encourage that because inevitably, I mean, there's over 400 seats in the Rio. Um, but um, what we most encourage is you to dress up and just come be ready for a real unique experience and be a part of something shifting and changing, almost like a, a live interactive experience. It's also a film festival. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's and we have everybody there and it's oh, it's. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Wow, horror movies uh, in uh, in uh, with, with dresses and everything seems like and a I, very saturated event, huh? Yeah, I should note that although obviously we're very much horror leaning, as long as they're like a Halloween film, that's okay. Submissions, by the way, still still good on Film Freeway for another couple of weeks, I think. Um, and in addition, because we're the haunted saloon, 
We do have a little bit of a Western vibe, too. So dark Westerns, yeah, absolutely. Get them wow, on. Wow, man, yeah. look at these tastes. Uh, it's pretty sp- special. Uh, very woo, original right there. I like it. And you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how people can submit and what is the process and uh, how people can join the party. Right after the break, we're going to take a little break. And this is a soundtrack that James chose for us. Amazing, amazing taste right there. Uh, I'm going to ask you why you chose this soundtrack. Uh, this is the soundtrack of the movie Goodfellas, of course, the movie by Martin Scorsese. This is Wives and Lovers by Jack Jones. Enjoy. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will open the door. Don't think because there's a ring on your finger, you need to try anymore. Wives should always be lovers too Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you I'm warning you Day after day there are girls at the office And men will always be men Don't send him off With your hair still in curlers You may not see him again For wives should always be lovers too Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you He's almost here Hey, little girl, better wear something pretty Something you'd wear to go to the city and dim all the lights, pour the wine, start the music. Time to get ready for love. Dim all the lights pour the wine start the music time to get ready for love time to get ready time to get ready for love time to get ready time to get ready Man, that was tasty right there. Wives and Lovers by Jack Jones, soundtrack of Goodfellas. Let me ask you, first things first, why the soundtrack of Goodfellas? Well, I mean, you you asked me uh, a couple of soundtracks I liked, a couple of films I liked, and that's absolutely on there. I mean, Goodfellas is just it was such an impactful movie for me growing up and so vibrant and real and just took me on a whirlwind ride and that music is imbued within that experience I had and I thought well that'd definitely be a great one to put up there man that intensity woo when talking about that you know that he chose the right soundtrack you know (laughs) you can see from the eyes right there woo (laughs) but going back to the East Van Showcase let me ask you how can people be part of this amazing experience well I mean there's all kinds of ways Um, we are still taking submissions uh, on Film Freeway Uh, in addition you know Come pick up tickets. They'll be on sale soon. And um, we uh, we try to keep tickets and submissions all on the cheaper side. 
because in the end, the most important thing is serving the community. So, mm-hmm. you know, community big keyword yeah. right there. So we're gonna put the, all the links to uh, to the haunted saloon and all of that in the description of this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, now I want to ask you. I'm very very curious about what it takes to make a VR film artistically speaking mm-hmm. and if there is something that is related to your artistic background I would really be I'm very very interested to know what's 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 behind there you know well I guess one of the things that I've found very useful uh, in a couple of films that I've I've directed uh, as far as live action VR goes is is being able to think about film completely differently um because it's not really right. It's a whole new, it's a whole new thing. So, mm-hmm. um, being able to think differently about how to get in there and make changes, adapt, being able to, um, I guess the best, I guess the way to put it is, uh, is that really you just you need to be able to work with people the same way you would in film, but understand that everyone is doing something that's new, mm-hmm. and it really is like that right now. You can have people who've done VR before, people who are very qualified film backgrounds. And in the end, there's going to be little things you forget. It's just, it's just, it's just new and different. And the most important thing right now is being able to accept that and being able to work within that. And then once you've, you've set up that, that, you know, structure, then from there being able to, to create and expand and understand that like, unlike the world of film where we're all riffing off something someone else did, homaging someone, except and VR, we're creating the new shit. Mm. And, you know, as exciting as that is, it's also daunting. And um, it also means that if you actually want to create something new, you have to think outside the box because it's never been done before. And so being able to think about things in a different way and work with people in unique and new ways is, is very important. Mm-hmm. Adaptability. It sounds like there's a yeah. lot of adaptability in there. Yeah. What was the biggest... Uh, trouble or struggle when you got on set shooting VR in the first place? So the first time I shot VR was in Seattle at a hackathon and um, I like at first, the first thing first I was like wait I I can't like there was just no function you couldn't I couldn't see the shots I couldn't um, yeah I couldn't see it either you know, on a on a screen or from a distance, like I literally would have had to hide. So I cast myself. I put myself into the into the experience mm-hmm. um, as a way to be able to kind of keep tabs on everything. Nice. In the end, a director has to they have to have a vision that they see mm-hmm. through. And if you very you, smart, you can't, eh? you can't. It's very, very hard well. to see through your vision if you're operating blind. Although I had yeah. to do a bit of that on my most recent. But um, and uh, yeah, so so being able to throw yourself into it, um, being able to um, take keep keep tabs on everything is is very important and then also just realize the difficulties of vr that where we're at right now i mean transitions are very difficult um it's very jarring to be cut from one scene to another wow that's pretty right? true huh and um so figuring out ways to go around that um felix and paul did a brilliant job of that with uh miyubi hmm. um their 42 minute piece starring jeff goldblum uh vr piece um where you're a little robot you're a little robot in the 80s from Japan but you're actually quite intelligent and the only problem is you have a shitty little battery and the battery <laughs> keeps dying and uh, yeah oh it's, uh, wow yeah. that's a smart way to, to make it happen huh? and that's then you can skip to... through time and you can skip through place uh, yeah 
Very smart. Wow, it's really incorporating that uh, the, the, the weaker aspects or the aspects that we still haven't mastered about the, the medium into the narrative. I mean, there's so much. I mean, there's all these difficult decisions we had to make on our most recent, like, there's all kinds of different schools of VR as, as far as um, VR cinema goes. It's, do you want to be POV? Do you want to be sort of floating through a space? Mm. If you are POV, do you want a physical body that you can look at? And there's, you know, hits and misses for each thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What was the, the best uh, VR experience you've experienced so far? I mean, there's been a lot of good ones. Um, I mean, I guess it probably would be Miyubi, um, but I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk about another one. Um, solitary. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, what happened there? What happened there? Well, I was at the Seattle International Film Festival um, screening our first film. The one we actually did the hackathon ended up. Mm. And um, so there we were at SIF, and I was wanting, obviously wanting to try out the other experiences and tried Solitary. And, oh, my God, I was I brought to tears. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. uh, that's the power of, of, of when the medium meets the narrative. Such I mean, a big way, huh? it was really you were so. I'll give you the the gist of yes, it. Yes, yes. Uh, you're you open up and you're in a small little apartment, and there's like a stack of PlayStation games and a PlayStation and a little TV and a big bed and and there's a guy sitting there. It's an older guy, maybe in his forties, kind of looks weathered down, beaten down. And he starts talking to you. And he starts telling you about. When he was a teenager, he used to get in a lot of fights. You know, he got in a lot of fights. And eventually, they threw him in juvie, right? And in juvie, he got in more fights. So eventually, he ended up in jail. Got in a fight in jail. Goes to prison. Got in a fight in prison. Goes to solitary. Hmm. And once he's in solitary, he said there was nothing more torturous. And so it would get to the point where he would just sit there, not having seen anyone for days going mad and he just slowly pick the body hairs out of his body one by one and as he tells you this you're not in his apartment anymore you're in the solitary confinement he was in hmm. occasionally he comes in reenacting something showing where he was and he tells you how he used to bang on the door bang on the door and just yell and scream and say crazy things because all he wanted was the guards to come in, even if it just meant that they'd beat him because he needed some kind of human interaction, some kind of contact. Anyway, and one of the great things about this, this piece is that, of course, this was also part of a campaign to stop solitary confinement. This is a horrendous torture. Wow, man. And really somber. The intensity <laughs> yeah. of that. Woo! Yeah. Damn, it's, uh, it's, it's powerful when you, uh, as you, as you talk about it. There are many, many different themes and values that already arise. Um, and by the way, thank you for, for sharing it like that. You know, it's, uh, it was very, very intense. Um, that being said, is, the, is that something that, that uh, you know, being an experience, you know, being a VR experience, what is the balance between the accessibility of the experience and the quality of the experience itself? How can we take that experience to as many people as possible? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, that's something I think a lot of VR creators are struggling with right now um, because inevitably... Uh, creators want to make the best stuff. And the best stuff means gloves with haptic feedback, you know, full room scale. But realistically, most people don't have that. Mm. Most people have a phone that they slide into a headset, which I think has a lot of merit, and you can have a great experience in there too. 
but it's, it's obviously just not as good, right? So you can create stuff for, for Samsung that will be seen by way more eyeballs, or you could kind of create, you know, boutique VR for, uh, for the Vive and whatnot. Hmm. And, um, I mean, the hope, I mean, eventually everyone will, will have extraordinary VR. So we're moving in that direction. But in the meantime, you know, determine accessibility over quality, right? That's, that's something we all need to, we all need to um, you know, create a path for. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, you're selling me on this VR. Woo! Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's something that I've always been very interested in, especially because of the, its implementation in video games. Sure, yeah. And where do you feel and how do you feel they're going to meet? Yes, so eventually they will all be one. Uh, in our lifetime, absolutely. Uh, it will just be VR. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess the best way to see it, like what we're doing right now, we could be doing it in VR. That's true. Right. Well, VR can be anywhere, right? It can well, yeah. be anything. And... Um, you know, already we're seeing the way, you know, computers, phones, and the internet have all changed the way that we engage with, um, you know, our environment. All of a sudden, we're shopping online, etc. So, um, but there are drawbacks to that, you know? You go, oh, I bought this piece of clothing, but uh, it's not the right size, or it looks a little mm. different in the photo, whatever. Mm. In VR, that minimizes that, and it's all of a sudden, for all intents and purposes, you'll be in the shop. So, if you can think about that, Imagine what that means as far as VR eventually becoming one. And not even going that far, I remember having the experience of the plank. You know? Uh, yes. I remember that experience <laughs> of Vancouver, Vancouver Webfest. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we just got on the plank and, and, and you know, it can, there is a, a sweet spot in which it truly uh, disorients you. And if it can do that, it can do so much more. And it can really be, take you... Somewhere else, I can I can feel you have something to say right there. I wanna I wanna pass on the word to you, but and I'm pretty sure that you can phrase it even better than I do, having so much experience with the medium. I, I mean, it's a visceral experience, and what I love about the plank is that for people who kind of doubt and go, oh, it's VR, you put them in the plank, they're like, holy cow, mm-hmm. I am here now. This and everyone says almost everyone says the same thing, and I feel it too. It's that like. This is such a trip because I know, I know in my heart of hearts that I'm just, you know, at Vancouver WebFest on a small, tiny, <laughs> tiny, like one inch thick uh, wooden plank. Uh, but I think I'm 35 stories up and I can't shake that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the most extreme? When is it going to be? Where is it going to be the step and the point in which, okay, this is too much. We can't go this way anymore. It's too well, much. I mean, I think, I think it's, again, I go back to what I said earlier. It's very important that we, um, you know, keep VR out of the wrong hands and we don't want it moving in a negative direction. Um, I think it's important to be judicious, judicious with, mm-hmm. uh, with how we implement it going forward. Um, the risk would be that we would retreat eventually to just a VR life as global warming continues, as humanity, you know, (laughs) (laughs) kills our planet. uh, (laughs) Happy days. That phase was priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As that happens, I think the worry would be if we retreat to VR because it's not a substitute. It's such an important vessel, and it's an incredible thing, but it's not a substitute for our world, you know? Mm-hmm. Where do you yeah. see VR in five years? What's your prediction? So VR 2023? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I, I, think, I think by then, um, 
it won't be it won't be something we talk about like this i mean much like much like a smartphone it would just be uh in five years time everyone will just have their vr hmm okay yeah. and where do you see yourself in five years Oh, I don't know. The moon? <laughs> nice. I don't know. <laughs> I like that answer right there. Man, moon or Mars or whatever. There is always yeah. something new, huh? Yeah. We can't stop ourselves. The moon, I feel like I could come back from. You know? yeah. Mars, yeah, okay. Mars is a one-way trip. Okay, okay. There you go. There you go. You actually think we went to the moon? Back yeah, in the 1900s? I, I, do, I, do I do think we went to the moon in the 60s, yeah. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right, all right. That's a big yeah. topic. Uh, I know. I heard there's some people who believe that. I also believe the Earth is round. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah, lots of lots of stuff happening. Uh, 2018, man, with social media is bringing so much flow. Yeah. Again, we're drowning in information and starving for knowledge and emotions, right? Mm -hmm. What what's your take on social media, man? Everything is is just flowing so fast. Yeah, it's funny you mention that actually, because uh, I reached out to a a local director recently um, who has a project that kind of. I think is attempting to sort of undo some of what social media does. Obviously, hey, social media is an important thing. Um, it definitely has its good parts. But I think we can all agree, um, and data supports this, that right now what it's doing is it's often causing depression in people and it's isolating them. Oh, wow. People are mm -hmm. lonelier and more isolated than they've ever oh, been. Yeah. And um, it's, I mean, we need to find ways to combat that. I mean, that that is a serious thing. I mean... It's not just an issue, but it's a growing issue because we're becoming more and more tethered um, to constructs like social media. And if we're going to um, deal with that, uh, we better, you know, nip it in the bud. Well, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say that because it links back to the idea of solitary, right? And yes. we need the necessity of human interaction and the need to go and communicate eyes to eyes, you know, because that's something that, again, social media and, and all these virtual world somehow is detaching us from but there is always a but and that's when i go back and look at, re at virtual reality by saying and thinking that virtual reality instead of es letting us escape from life it makes us explore life oh yeah i mean vr is incredible tool i mean it's it's funny you're so present i mean vr is all about presence right mm -hmm. uh, much more than watching a screen um, because you're there in the experience. And I think it's so valuable for that regard. Um, I think, I mean, I, I tell you, so many people have said it's been therapeutic for them. Mm -hmm. And um, Oh, yeah, therapeutic VR is also a big thing, eh? It's very sure. powerful. And, and that's specifically therapeutic. But even just non-therapeutic you know, tr you know, non, you know, VR experiences can be therapeutic for people. Mm -hmm. You know, being able, being able to be in a place and, and all of a sudden it's like, and the beautiful thing, and I hope this continues, is when you're in VR, there is no smartphone, or there is it's actually strapped on your face, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can't you can't track. You're in that's providing you a new experience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so nice. VR being a medium and, and a tool, and just like any tool, it can be used good to do good things or to do bad things. Well, exactly. When it's is VR use used badly? Well, <laughs> that's a. I mean that that'll that'll manifest slowly over time, and we'll go. Oh dear God, this is such a bad route. <laughs> um, I mean, again, you know, let's let's make sure that. We use it alongside our natural world, you know. Um, I think it's it's amazing if to give people who are unable to go, say, um, experience um, nature, who can't get out there. It's amazing to bring nature to them, but we shouldn't be bringing nature to everyone. Mm. Other people should be going out there, mm -hmm. you know. And um, just just about using it alongside our organic natural world. You know? And how can we do that? That's well, a, uh -huh, that's first a... thing, well, I mean, 
what's I think important there is is to first of all move forward in a way that um, I mean a communicative way so for example um, we'd want to overlap the two so I mean if you showcase the natural world I mean I mean, looking, for example, from a flat screen perspective, and I think they, I mean, there's talks that they're looking to do some VR, but Planet Earth has done such a fantastic job showing people, I mean, God, who needs zoos anymore, right? Will you torture an animal? Uh, sorry, a little political. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but, you know, not that zoos are all bad. But um, who needs zoos anymore when you can just see things crystal clear, um, you know, through a screen or, or even better in VR and be able to engage with an animal? in a way that doesn't affect that animal? Mm. How incredible is that? Oh, that's tasty. And so, you know, of course, we want to we be able to go in nature ourselves. But if we want to be able to interact with these beings, um, these incredible, this lush variety of, you know, um, fauna out there, it's... VR is the way to do it, I think, because you get that presence and you're not actually disturbing them. It's actually, like, it's magic. That's an amazing idea. Did you just, yeah. come, you just come out with this or you I had just, it in the pocket? I honestly just thought of that right now. Man, <laughs> pitch it. Keep it in development and pitch well, it, man. I mean, I'm sure, I think people are, <laughs> people I'm sure are, because uh, I've never done any um, Planet Earth stuff or anything like that. So mm. I'm, sure, I'm sure people are on. Well, go talk. Hopefully. That's an amazing idea. I would watch that. I would definitely watch that. Very interesting. Wow. I'm also looking at a picture of a giraffe uh, riding a shark over there. So oh, yeah, because here, here, yeah. uh, here at the side of the station, we have, uh, we have a whole s selection of posters ready to be uh, uh, picked up. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, here in the station and everything. Yeah, it ha oh, happens. So many a, things happen, you know. It's a vibrant place. Yeah, very vibrant yeah. place. Uh, today, we have the rain. It's kind of it's interesting mood with the rain. Oh, it's Vancouver. Uh, but it's Vancouver. That's we true. It's Vancouver. Rain, yeah. are, you, are you originally from Vancouver? I am, actually. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Man, you guys are in extinction, man. There aren't many people I from uh, I Vancouver. I lived abroad for a bit, but I, uh, I very much enjoy my time here. I love Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver yeah. has something, you know? Yeah. The mountains, the, the, the beach, uh, yeah. the, 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 you know, the horizon, everything into one makes it a very, very special place for sure. Oh, yeah. Is there, what is the, the, the thing that made you come back all the time? Just for you? Um... Well, I mean, I guess, I guess for me, it's been, it's been that feeling of home. Uh, I think it's a tough thing. And home doesn't have to be a place. But when you have friends, family, a core of people that you've connected with, shared things with, it is difficult to just completely um, start a new somewhere else. You know? Yeah, I know. I like someone... it. I like it, man. No, I love. It. I, I, I was gonna ask you, man, what, what is yeah. home to you? And you just said it. You just let it all out. So that's uh, th that was natural right there. Um, talking about home, uh, it's uh, it, it's a big uh, it's a big topic, big thematic, and I feel that with the strong community and and uh, you know when you have when you have when you have the instinct to move out and explore, home becomes something uh, something. Uh, portable in a way right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and could even be installed in memories you know uh, and through memories we can remind ourselves of what of what true home is it's a big big topic oh absolutely and uh, you know i would imagine that i won't live my entire life here so mm -hmm. i think it's important to explore i mean i've um you know both both founding members of hammerton and these men showcase have done extensive traveling and um if you you know find a way to do it if you can as early as you can because it's it's an extraordinary experience. But, mm -hmm. um, but in the end, Vancouver will always be home for me. Yeah. Good. Awesome right there. Talking about travels and traveling. Uh, we're going to take a second break with a song called Beyond the Sea. Why not get that traveling <laughs> nice. in there? And uh, this is Bobby Darren, everybody. Enjoy. This is the soundtrack of Goodfellas.
mother stands on golden sand and watches the ship that goes sailing somewhere on the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her Nice and tasty. Wow, where did that take you, James? I want to know where did that take you? Oh, well, it took me beyond the sea. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Where is that beyond the sea? Beyond the sea where? Well, I was actually just fishing. Um, I was just fishing, actually, uh, recently. Uh, Tofino, um, which is pretty fun. And just being out in the ocean, real great. Tofino, huh? and yeah. I, I, that's uh, definitely in the checklist. I'm, I'm planning yeah. to go there right on. But this is the time for the Proust questionnaire and the one-minute pitch. We're just wrapping up the whole episode, so what do you want to do first? Let's do the questionnaire. Okay, let's do the questionnaire first, and then one minute pitch at the end. I sure. like it, I like it. All right, all right, all right. Five questions from Bruce Questionnaire. We just shoot and go for it. Are okay, you ready? let's do it. All right. All right. Boom. Which living person do you most admire? <laughs> um, okay. The problem with these questions is I don't want to create dead air, but I want to think about it. Oh, man, so yeah, of course, of let course. Let me just think for a second. Is there person, I mean, it's tough to admire people from afar um, because you don't really know them, right? Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh. From the heart, man, from the heart. The heart knows, the heart knows. I'm, I'm trying here. I don't really think about like. Okay, okay. You know what? We're gonna <laughs> pin on that. We're gonna pin like... that question. We're gonna pin that question. We're gonna sure, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. And um, actually, yes, yes, yes. Let me go to what is your current state of mind? My current state of mind. Yeah. 
feeling pretty tranquil. Okay, okay, yeah. all right. Sounds good, sounds good, sounds good. And uh, with that, we're going to go to the third question of the Proust questionnaire, mm-hmm. and that is, what do you consider your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say founding Hammer and Tong. Okay, that's awesome right there. Yeah, man, I like it. I like that one. And with that, we actually moonwalk to the fourth question of the Proust right. questionnaire, which is, what do you most value in your friends? Uh, um, communication. Oh, nice. Yeah. Transparency. Oh, well, I mean, I don't, people don't have to be completely transparent with me. You know, everyone has their secrets. But yeah, just being able to honestly communicate with each other mm-hmm, is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting yeah. right there. Let me ask you, this being said, what is your, this is the, 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 the let me, another question on the Proust questionnaire. What is your motto? Um, <laughs> well, the, uh, well, hmm. I guess if I had to have a motto, uh, it would be, um, go forth and, uh, <laughs> it's hard to get up with a motto on the spot. Uh, okay, I'm going to say, I'm nixing that. I'm going to say my motto is going to be... Um, um, Do you have a quote in mind or something? <laughs> something <that laughs> uh, yeah. uh, huh. Well, I would say, how about, how about this? How about um, in every single person uh, in this world, no matter what's happened to them, no matter what they have going on in their life... Um, there is some goodness. Hmm. Find that goodness and grow it. Hmm. There is some uh, tenderness in the heart right there. All right. That's really yeah. interesting. I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you for sharing that. Very cool. Yeah. Very powerful. Very and powerful uh, as concept. far as someone I admire or like to meet or whatnot, let's... Uh, who is it? Who is it? I want to know who is it. Who is it? Let's wrap it up, man. It's too bad. I'll tell you. Most, most of the good ones are dead. But, oh, oh, okay. Um, even, if they, even if they're not here uh, anymore. Who oh, yeah. would it be? Yeah. Let's let's tweak it a little bit. Oh wow, okay. But now it's like Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Died within the last ten years. No, um, wow, I mean there's just so many, but um I would be it would be absolutely fascinating um to be able to have some communication with Hmm creating the mystery the suspense with this is gonna this is gonna be but with the <laughs> the very our very early conscious humans okay okay that that's you know, that's from, uh, you're really curious to go there well i mean to me <laughs> but to me that's that's an extraordinary time um mm-hmm. before agriculture mm-hmm. before and just the way they lived and to be able to connect with them and if you could truly connect with them and have a conversation with hey this this is what happened, and wow. and being able to just—how would they react? That, that's us, right? That would, was us for the majority of time. Would they throw bones at you? <laughs> yeah, I think they were probably highly intelligent. Um, remember, technology's improved, and we have a history to build upon, which we've all learned from. But um, they were able to survive and, mm. and grow amongst nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And I think they'd probably be—I mean, they might not be intellectual, mm. but who knows? But um, I mean, they had art. It's just the type of intelligence that shifted. Well, sure. And again, we actually don't even know, right? I mean, I just, there's mysteries of time from, from back in the day and entertainment and creators. I mean, oh, the, the, first, the first people putting on a performance, like how fascinating is that to actually be at that inception to mm. come up with that? Anyway, so that's kind of. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. You know what? Let, yeah. me, let, me, let me go back to that question, though. Which person do you most admire? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we diverged. I admire a bit. Joe from from one of the, one of those guys. No. Um, <laughs> um, if I had to pick someone I admire, I mean, again, I'm very reticent. I'm very reticent because I just don't know them. But um, I guess I guess I would say I really appreciated. Um, Who's it gonna be? Uh, one name, okay. One name. Slash it out, man. Splash it out. I know you get. Really, the you more get, I hold back, the I know, more you want it. I know. I know you get some cheese in there. I know you get some cheese sure, in there. Sure, sure. Um, all right. I uh, I'd be fascinated to uh, to meet, and I have some admiration for Malcolm X. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how much you know about Malcolm. Okay. How so? I read his book um, at a. Uh, young age and it really struck me the journey he went on the story he has to tell the still very relevant importance to the things he said and the things he did um the fact that he was vilified by so many people um his tenacious hunger for learning and he was trying to help the world help his community like that's all he just was driven to do that and it's very rare Man, I want a high five rare. for that, man. Give me that. High five in the booth? Give me that. Yeah, it's okay. That's good. All right, all right. Well, that'll, that'll, make, that'll do it. That'll do it. All right, and that being said, we got to rush through the one minute to pitch. It could be 30 seconds. Let's do it. All right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, are you ready? I'm going to hit that clock. I'm going to hit that clock, and you make it yours. This is your time, your freedom, your flight. Enjoy. All right. So let's do it. So The Haunted Saloon, October 21st. At the glorious and long-term secure Real Theater, it's going to be amazing. It's uh, Sunday night on October 21st, and we celebrate Halloween like no other. There's going to be tons of local films and some international films, and it's going to be a Halloween extravaganza. We're going to have a magnificent host. We're going to have all kinds of surprises and um, tons of films to show. And then awards at the end, handcrafted awards by Devakis Design. Cadence Warner just always bringing it on Halloween and uh, yeah we're super stoked to put on the show see you all there and if you want to submit uh, the link should be up for Film Freeway get your film in and let's all party Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right on. We wrap it up uh, actually way early. I like that. I like that. Nice and speed and concise and, and uh, you know, <laughs> with a lot, lots of speed and uh, precision in there. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, wow, James, we're about to wrap up the whole episode. Thank you a lot for coming over here, talking about what you love. And this is actually the last episode of the second season of Room Tone. So it's a little bit of a special moment. Uh, it's been fun to close this it down is, with. Uh, it's actually the 30th take since uh, way all the way to, from the beginning. So oh, it's interesting to see the the, yeah. the whole journey. Uh, but we're definitely going to keep in touch uh, everybody when the third season is going to restart again. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to see you at the Saloon event. Absolutely. I'm going to catch yeah. you over there. I hope so. And uh, <laughs> with that being said, I really want to wrap this second season with a song that is still in the mood of Goodfellas uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, got, it's, it's something very personal to me awesome. and uh, this is a dedication to many of the people that are very close to me in my life and uh, with this I want to wrap up with Frank Sinatra with uh, the song Mac the Knife so everybody, I wish you a beautiful time in Vancouver during the winter, a big hug to all of you James, any shout out before we leave? Oh, shout out. Uh, well, shout out to everything going on. I mean, there's so much good film and VR stuff going on locally. Just Google it and check it out. There's, there's endless things like to do as far as local, local events, film and VR, and get out there and do it. Awesome. So, everybody, this is uh, Make the Knife by Frank Sinatra. Enjoy. Oh, the shark, yeah. 
pretty teeth. And he shows up dirty white. Plus the jackknife has black teeth. And he keeps it, keeps it way out of sight. And that shark bites with his teeth. Scarlet pillows, they begin to spread. White gloves, though, as Mackie's dear. So there's barely ever one piece of red on a sidewalk. Here. Now that Mackie 